at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. point of a gun 
Now, many of your pacifists think, oh, well, you know, I don't believe in guns, but you believe in benefits that are provided to you because somebody else carries a gun and collects from your neighbor. That is simply not a Christian behavior. It's an accepted behavior amongst modern Christians. It was not an accepted behavior amongst Christ and the followers of Christ in the first century. We have a 21st century church now. I had a, a guy who runs a network that stretches all across the country say, we don't need a first century church. We need a 21st century church because we have all these problems. Well, you have all these problems because you have a 21st century church instead of a first century church. So the book, Thy Kingdom Come, is, an, is a follow-up to the book, The Covenants of the Gods. And it is meant to give you a picture of the kingdom, how the kingdom works, how the kingdom came uh, to people in the past, and how they lost sight of that kingdom. This is a story that is throughout the Bible, and we use many biblical references, but we bring new information to you. It's old information because it's history, but new to you because it has not been taught. If a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. Uh, Jefferson said that. We should mark those words and remember. But only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. And lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. Yes, we're teaching our children the messages that God has given us over the years. Unfortunately, our ministers in churches today are not even teaching them the full gospel of Jesus Christ. They, they preach a watered-down gospel, so much so that people do not even understand what the Bible is all about a book that mentions government hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, contracts hundreds and hundreds of times, uh, religion five times. And, and our perspective of what religion is is completely different than what it talks about in the Bible. Five times it mentions religion, one time in a good sense, and that sense was how you take care of the needy of your society unspotted from the world using a word there in the Greek text that actually means unspotted from the state the constitutional order or system of government of men that uses force exercises authority in order to provide you with benefits like public school which we've already mentioned the reality is we've strayed so far away from what Christ was teaching that it is almost unrecognizable to someone who has taken the time to find out what Christ was really teaching. We've created uh, doctrines and dogmas that actually keep us from seeing the whole truth to the point where we have senators, uh, Peter Hoagland in Nebraska, Stating fundamental Bible-believing people do not have the right to indoctrinate their children in their religious beliefs because we, the state, are preparing them for the 20th century when America will be part of a one-world global society and their children will not fit in. Well, of course, Christians didn't fit in in the world, within the world, but not of the world, and that world hated them just like it hated uh, Jesus. True Christians will not fit in. Just not fitting in to the world is not enough. You must fit into the kingdom. And this is the thing that we'll constantly come back to is what does that kingdom look like? How does it operate? And what was it really doing in those early days? Because if we will do that, we will get through the days to come, many of us. If we will not, many, many people will die unnecessarily. I won't go into the details of that. You'll figure it out as you go along. Uh, we're not a doom and gloom uh, preacher here. Uh, we believe in the hope and faith and the perfect law of liberty and the message of Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ which is a lot more than most ministers are telling you. 
to tell deliberate lies while genuinely believing in them. Now, how do you do that? If you if you believe it and you tell it, then it's not a lie. Well, it's not your lie, but it may be somebody else's lie. Someone may have lied to you and taught you a falsehood, and you believe them, and you go out and teach the same thing. To forget any fact that has become inconvenient. Well, I, this is what I ran into in the seminary all the time. I was reading these things, and I was saying, well, what about this? And what about that? Oh, you don't need to look at that. Oh, you don't need to see this. Oh, that doesn't have to fit. Only thing that has to fit is our doctrine, our dogma, our philosophy. And most people don't go into the details. Don't look at the details. They accept that just, you know, with a wave of the hand of the teacher. It's inconvenient for the teacher to explain why did he say this. And the fact is, is there are many things, if you go back to the original Greek and Hebrew, and go back to true Hebrew, not the Hebrew as taught by the Pharisees, but the Hebrew as known by men like the Essenes, who were a much more popular religious group of the time, and poorly understood. And there's been a concerted effort to keep you even from understanding what they uh, believed. But the fact is, now we're beginning to find out that many of the same things they taught was exactly what Christ taught. Is this to say that the Essenes, uh, Christ wasn't a scene? No. The Essenes weren't even a scene. They didn't call themselves the Essenes. They called themselves healers, and that may be where you got the word. But they were a group that had been around for at least 300 years. They're put in felt in history. And they had been contemplating many of the misconceptions that had come down to them, including the translation of the Septuagint. They were looking for something else, something more uh, true to what Abraham had said, what Moses had said. And in truth, Moses and Jesus Christ were in agreement. The Pharisees were not. Now, the Pharisees all read Hebrew, but they got a different picture. Why? Because of these deliberate lies, these inconvenient truths. And I'll go on with this quote. And then, when it becomes necessary again to draw it back from oblivion, for just so long as it is needed to deny the existence of objective reality and all the while to make account of the reality which one denies. This, this is a quote from James Orwell's 1984, which has come and gone, because we do that every day. In, in public schools, it's done to your children all the time. Uh, as someone once said, who owns the youth owns the future. And, of course, that man owns their thinking. And that's exactly what they wanted to do, is control their thinking. Even today in Germany, you can't have homeschooling because they don't want somebody thinking anything other than the program. And, of course, that's the kind of Nazism you saw coming from Peter Hoagland back when he said that originally in 1983. There's been people working at this for years. You send your kids to public school, they're at the mercy of this kind of rhetoric. You have no idea what they put in the schools and in the school books. I have a collection of school books that go back to the 1800s. Uh, you, the, the change in history is amazing, absolutely amazing. The way in which they teach even mathematics and things like that is amazing. The skills your children should have by eighth grade, if they were back in 1945, far exceed what they are coming out with today. Oh, yes, there have been some achievers, but it's amazing how much information they are keeping from you, and especially history. Throughout history, rulers and court intellectuals have aspired to use the educational system to shape their nation. One can see how irresistible a vehicle the schools would be to mold future citizens early in life, to instill in their proper reverence for the ruling culture, and to prepare them to be obedient and obedient taxpayers and soldiers. That's Sheldon Richmond. Uh, from a book about separating school and state. You, if the state runs the school, which is really the federal government today, has more influence over the schools than you can imagine. And other people have come in and wrote, uh, underwritten the 
the uh, uh, production of school books and then offered them to the schools at discounted rates in order to change your view of history. I mean, they actually sat down and planned that out. The minutes of the meetings are a matter of public record. They actually decided to change your view of history. And they had done that to uh, to an unbelievable point. Socrates knew way back in his Plato's Republic, take all the children from the parents and uh, rid the city of adults. And that's what public schools are. And they bring in certain teachers that have uh, been accepting the lies that have been taught for years to teach. And, of course, they believe in what they're teaching. They actually believe that what they're teaching is true. But, of course, you get men like Hoagland who doesn't even understand the Bible because ministers have been deluded for years and deceived for years. There has been a concerted effort of millions, billions of dollars worth of effort, if we want to categorize the effort in U.S. dollars, uh, over the centuries to keep you from understanding some basic information about the kingdom of God and how it works and what Christ was saying at that time in the context of the language of that time so that you do not understand the fullness of the gospel. You get a part of the gospel and and you cling to that because you say, oh, this is true. I know this is true. But if you do not get truth, what you get is a lie because that is the definition of a lie. I mean, the devil constantly is telling you the truth, but not all of it. Leaves out little important parts. And part of the truth left out turns what you receive as the truth into a lie. Because it's not the whole truth. Now, I can't impart to you the whole truth, but we can rattle the bars that have been created in your mind that keep you from the fullness of the kingdom. And that is the purpose of the books that we offer you. Uh, Socrates also said that uh, the young can't distinguish what is allegorical from what isn't. And the opinion they absorb at the age, at that age, is hard to erase and apt to become unalterable. Which, of course, would take us back uh, to the Bible that was telling us to teach our young in Deuteronomy 4.9. Train up your children in the ways he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22.6. Those messages are messages in the Bible, but you're not training up your children. You're hiring other people to do it. But you don't even get to hire the other people because you don't get to interview the teachers. You have elected men who can exercise authority one over the other to make those decisions for you. And you have very little knowledge of what is going on down at the public school. My six children were raised without public school, and they they wanted them in there because they could get federal funding for each of those six children, which was over $6,000 in funding necessary to teach them in that school, whatever they were teaching. And they, they, actually, one guy on one side, one guy on another, and said, what would it take to get you to put your kids in our school? And... uh, of course, I was thinking 357 Magnum. No, no, that wouldn't do it. But actually, I told them, you don't want my kids in your school because if you got my kids, you would get me. And uh, that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> I believe there are more instances of the abridgment of freedom of the people by gradual and silent encroachment of those powers than by violent and sudden usurpations. Now, that's James Madison. He understood that. He understood the danger of public schools. And we need to understand also that danger and begin to teach our own children at home and learn ourselves what we need to teach them. Uh, It's very important that we challenge one another in these matters. Uh, The ordinary citizen living on his farm, owned in fee simple, untroubled by any relics of feudalism, untaxed, saved by himself, saying his say to all the world in town meetings, had gained a new self-reliance. Now I'm quoting from James Trussell's March of Democracy. It's a five-volume set. It's page 176. And 
it's talking about early America. Most Americans who celebrate Fourth of July, what have you, do not understand what was going on in early America because they have been taught through those same books published by, like the Guggenheim Foundation and others, uh, that were designed to change the way in which you view history. You need to go back to the old history books, uh, Charles and Mary Beard, or, or uh, oh, there's just there's just all kinds of information. You want to read about George Washington? Don't read men's opinions. Go read what he wrote. It's a different story. Uh, the quote goes on to say, "Wrestling with his souls and plow on weekdays, and the innumerable uh, points of the minutes on Sunday." And meeting days, he was becoming a tough nut for any imperial system to crack. Well, the nut's been cracked. And understanding what it means to own land untaxed and fee simple, actually own the beneficial interest of land, you have to go to the book, The Covenants of the Gods, read Law versus Legal. That would be the chapter that would cover that. Uh, also, Employee versus Enslaved to find out what has changed. It's not 1776 anymore. Those people, I people have just told me not too long ago that they were doing this Continental Congress thing, uh, trying to do the same thing that the Americans had done uh, back in 1776 and, and 1880, uh, etc. They aren't. Uh, Back then, people had spent 200 years using real money, real sweat, real title, true and actual title to land that was untaxed uh, to obtain a freedom that had been lost in England, uh, where they actually owned land, owned their labor, were free men by definition. Even to this day, would, would be defined as free men. Americans cannot be defined by that same definition as free men uh, that you find in Oxford Dictionary or many others because they, they've they lost. They haven't been doing what those Americans were doing for the 100 or 200 years before 1776. They had been doing something completely different. And so you can't go and claim unwarranted usurpation because you are not a sovereign citizen. You are a member of a political organization with certain obligations, contractual obligations. And you are not that free man under God. You still have those unalienable rights, but you don't have access to them because you're too busy fulfilling the terms of the contracts that you have signed. Why? The Bible tells us not to sign any contracts, to not make any covenants, to what, uh, don't take any oaths, don't swear above all else, stop the taking of oaths. But Christians don't even read that part of the New Testament anymore. That's not Old Testament, that's New Testament. Yes, it's in the Old Testament, too. To the point where now, where we don't live on land where it's untaxed or that we actually own the beneficial interest or the milk and honey, but we are actually the ultimate ownership. I'm quoting here. I'm quoting here uh, Senate document number 43, 73rd Congress, first session. The ultimate ownership is in the state, individually so-called ownership is only by virtue of government, i.e. law amounting to the mere user, and use must be in accordance with the law and subordinate to the necessities of the state. You're subject people again. You're back in George III's uh, kingdom under his authority. You've lost the mystery of that early America. But you can get it back. And you seek the kingdom and its righteousness. Pledge allegiance to the King of Kings and to his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. One holy nation and our heavenly Father, great mercy, justice for all. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, 
there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, 1-800-375-4188. Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government Takeover of the Church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of dollars from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church. Order online today at First Amendment Radio or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them if not you? If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at FirstAmendmentRadio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD week of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program, Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener-supported. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Welcome back. A few announcements first. Uh, we're on Talk Show now once a week. Uh, the schedule, you'll have to uh, join the network to find out what it is. Go to the websites, uh, pull down the menu, join the local network in your state, and ask them when is Talk Show. Uh, we also want to buy some equipment to improve the quality of this broadcast, uh, possibly even turn it into a talk show itself. Uh, that's going to cost us some money. If you want to contribute to that, you have to send us a donation at his church in Summer Lake, uh, P.O. Box 10-97640. Uh, this is Oregon. Uh, or you can donate on the, online, whatever, and that will help us buy the equipment necessary. Uh, also, uh, we're going to be having a retreat in October. We may have one this spring near Pentecost. Uh, if uh, we get enough interest, if uh, you join the network, you can help work uh, on that project. Uh, that's uh, I've got another note here, but I can't even recognize what I was telling myself. But uh, anyway, we do have another article up on NewsWithViews.com, uh, NewsWithViews.com, and that those articles. There's a series there of four. Uh, they probably will only appear there on News With Views unless, of course, you want to reprint some of them yourself. We will not put them on our own website. It happens to be some of my personal opinions. Uh, it's hard-hitting. It's causing a lot of controversy. I always know when the article gets put up because I start getting emails. <laughs> Sometimes complaints. Some uh, a, a great deal of praise comes in, too. So I, I'm, I don't rub everybody the wrong way. But anyway, back to our subject. So we were talking about Thy Kingdom Come, and this is the first in that series. We're going to put together a whole series. Hopefully we'll, we'll uh, 
improve the quality of things before we go too far into this. Uh, one thing that most people don't realize is the first century church was a republic. It's referred to as a republic by historians like uh, Edward Gibbons. Um, it was a viable republic in the heart of the Roman Empire. The reason most people don't understand that is they don't even understand what a republic is. Um, in Carta, a number of encyclopedias to the Israel Republic back in the days of Moses being one of the first republics. The early church in America by historians is called embryonic republics uh, because of the way in which they operated. Here's the definition of a republic, a state or nation in which the supreme power rests in all the citizens. A state or nation, a state or nation, a nation being a people, a state, a status, a condition, with uh, a president as its titular head distinguished from a monarch. There are other definitions which we may get into and I do get into in the book The Covenants of the Gods. Uh, that happens to be a fairly recent definition. Uh, if you go look in uh, uh, the military manual back at around 18, uh, 19, excuse me, 1937, uh, republic was good, Demo democracy was bad. But by 1945, democracy became good, and republic was hardly even mentioned, and they came up with new definitions. A titular head is one in name only, has no power, executorial power, uh, cannot rule over the individual. And, of course, uh, in the early American Constitution, the president really had no power over the individual. He only had powers over certain things which are spelled out. Any other rights not granted to the president uh, were retained by the people. They had no draft. They couldn't draft you into civilian work programs, much less military programs. You had to change the status of the people to get that power. And, of course, uh, we see uh, the same thing when he was elected king. Uh, drafting the people, numbering them for a draft, and that was considered a sin against God. And he repented of it. Of course, 20,000 Israelites died before he repented of it, but he eventually repented of it. But even having a king to begin with, according to Samuel, was a rejection of God. So if you're electing a leader, you need to realize that he should not have any more power than uh, a titular head. And today, in every single country, the presidents, prime ministers, whatever you want to call them, uh, they all have way more power than God would recommend. As a matter of fact, God has four different things, which we won't get into right now, that you should put in the Constitution uh, to guarantee that he does not obtain that power and uh, have it written down and read to him every day, according to the instructions in the Bible, which your ministers probably haven't even got a clue of. Um, and those are all disregarded in the Constitution, which is why so many people were opposed to it had it been put to a popular vote at the time. It would have been voted down by the people because they were not fond of it. And it is not the secret of our success. It is not the secret of our freedom. It is actually the instrument. Of course, it requires our choice. It requires us going down the wrong path. It has become the instrument of our bondage. So people claiming constitutional rights have, are cutting off their heads uh, without even realizing what they're saying. And, of course, that's why we wrote the book Covenants of the Gods. I am not bringing you, I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm not here to make you feel good about your present status as, as, a, as a subject individual who is in bondage again, who has lost all the things that early Americans fought for. Uh, I'm going to feel real good about you know, the kingdom, the perfect law of liberty. I'm here to set the captive free, the same as Christ was doing, the same as Moses was doing, the same as Abraham was doing. In Deuteronomy 4 9, we see. Only take heed to thyself to keep the soul diligently, lest you forget the things which thine eyes have seen. And we've, we've gone over that already. That's what I'm here to do, is to remind you of the true gospel. In Judges 2, 6, we see, And when Joshua had the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. Uh, 
possess the land, to actually own it as an estate. Now, everybody except for the Levites who had another uh, deal altogether, which we cover in the Free Church Report, another book that we make available online. You can get the line for free by downloading them yourself and printing them out or reading them online. They're in HTML, whatever you want. Uh, if you want to support that, if you think these books have value, you, you, you have to choose to do that. We're about choice. We're giving you the power of choice. We have received it from God. We give it to you. If you support us in this work, we can give it to more. If you care about others, you will want to help us get this message out to others. If you think it's a value. If you don't think it's a value, have a nice day. James 125, looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. He be not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. So don't just listen to me, then shift your radio station to somewhere else or listen to this recording, and then go on to look to be entertained somewhere. Oh, that was interesting. Oh, that was interesting. you got to become a doer of the word or this is no value to you. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not the Gypsy Rose Lee of the modern American airways. I'm here to preach the gospel so that you might repent and seek the righteousness of God. Leviticus 25.10, And ye shall hollow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land. Well, there is not liberty. You don't own your land. You don't own your labor. You are in bondage. Uh, get used to it. Let's do something about it. Illinois Supreme Court said in 1882, it is the unquestionable right and imperative duty of every enlightened government in its character of parents patria to protect and provide for the comfort and well-being of its citizens. In place of the father, parents patria, the father of the nation. You can go to Title uh, 15, I think it is, Section 15, um, and it talks about that as well, which we, we covered in greater detail in, in the book, Thy Kingdom Come, Covenants of the Gods, Parents patriot literally means parent of the country and refers to the traditional role of the state as sovereign, not you as sovereign, the state as sovereign, and guardian of persons, persons being members, under legal disabilities. Legal disabilities, legal has to do with binding, that has to do with contracts. You are bound, you are not free, you have your unalienable rights, but you're under legal disabilities for your access to them because you have contractual obligations you must meet because the Constitution guarantees your right to contract and the state will see to it that you abide in those contracts. And they have many administrative courts all over the nation with God's many to enforce those. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, read the books. Keep listening because <laughs> I'll get to it. Parents Patria originates from the English common law where the king had a royal prerogative to act as the guardian for persons under that legal disability. Again, we're, we're seeing these concepts repeated over and over again. But if you go back to the gospel of Jesus Christ, he says, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Matthew 23, 9. What is he talking about? They're telling you the state is in position of the Father. You are a person under legal disability with contractual obligations to the states. And the state says it. The federal government says it. The King of England said it. But I thought we left all that behind and tried to make our Father who art in heaven the provided bread through faith, hope, and charity. No, that is not where you're at in the states as a citizen of Canada, as a citizen of Australia or New Zealand or or almost anywhere in the world. You don't pray to your Father in Heaven for your daily bread, for your Social Security, for your protection. You pray to your Father in Washington, D.C., or Toronto, or wherever He happens to be. And soon you will have a Father of all the nations into uh, the United Nations. I mean, we have a one-world government already. They're just trying to figure out how to break it to you. 
They're just lining it up. I mean, they have an army, they have a police force. I mean, thousands of people in the U.N. police force. You wouldn't believe it. And, and, and just recently, the President of the United States signed another executive order allowing foreign police agencies to ca- maintain uh, databases on American citizens, which American citizens don't have a right to access and find out. Your Freedom of Information Act doesn't go there. But they can keep an eye on you for the federal government. What a handshaking opportunity. Treaty-making powers at their best, something that we should never give any leader. Because if he has treaty back to your day-to-day life, he is not a titular head. You are not living in the republic. You are living in a democracy within a republic. And that's what the American creed says, and that's what's true. Because your government has become your religion. You go to your government to take care of the widows and orphans and needy of your society. And that was pure religion, according to the Bible. But it's not pure religion, because it says pure religion is taking care of those needy people, being unspotted by the world. That is where we should be, and that is where we are not. We are not in pure religion. We are in impure religion. We are not operating according to the ways of Christ. The real destroyers of liberties of the people is he who spreads among them the bounties and donations and benefits That is how he does it. He gets you to sign agreements. I will accept this benefit and accept the terms of accepting this benefit. And I agree to it. And then later on, somebody says, oh, well, just rescind all those contracts. You went to public school. You, you've been guaranteed. You've made... You made uh, $300,000, $400,000, $500,000 worth of money. You've turned it into gold, and you go stash it away somewhere, and you say, well, I rescinded my contract. I don't owe them anything. But you have all this wealth hidden away somewhere where they don't find it. And somehow you think that's righteousness? That's not righteousness. He who receives the benefit should also bear the disadvantage. That's the law. We have forgotten many things in Exodus 20, 17, 23, 32, Psalms 69, 22, Psalms 119, 36, Proverbs 23, um, 28, 16, uh, Matthew 5:34, Matthew 19, 17, John 14, 15. I don't even know what some of those say. I, I actually can actually recollect it. I don't know the Bible by number. Some guys whip that out, and the people know exactly what verse that is. I can't, I can't remember that. I can remember page numbers, but those numbers aren't in the original text, and that's important also to know when you go to study the Bible. Watch out for chapter changes. Those chapter changes aren't in the original text, and they often they can steer your thinking very quickly by those chapter changes, and you have to guard against that. Uh, and that's why we've written these books, Thy Kingdom Come, and the books, uh, The Covenants of the Gods, uh, which talks about the contractual nature of government, how it relates to biblical text, how it relates to law today, how it relates to law at the time of Christ, and it gives you an overall view of this contractual nature of government, how people go into bondage, how the church goes into bondage by incorporation, by filing and applications, which it does not have to do. It isn't until I wrote the book, The the Free Church Report, that I show how churches can remain free. And if the churches cannot remain free, they cannot help you remain free, and you will need help. The individual wrote today and said, oh, he's rescinded all his contracts. Well, that's great. Uh, Did the Pharaoh agree? Because he may not say, I'm not going to let you go. His heart may be hardened. And then if, yep. even if the Pharaoh decides to ration gas, ration food, 
He's already rationing lots of other things. Are you ready for that? Now, ask yourself this. Have you done what Christ said? Have you come together in his name? In other words, his character. What's his character? To love others as much or more than you love yourself. Have you done that? If you haven't done that, you're probably not going to stay free. I, I doubt whether you are free. You need to come together caring about one another as much as you care about yourself. You need to attend to the weightier matters. What are the weightier matters? How many of you know the weightier matters? As Christ listed them off, he said these are what you should have attended to. He didn't say the weightier matters are choir practice, uh, worship service, uh, benediction, uh, whatever. He didn't say that. The weightier matters are law, justice, mercy, and faith. I just had a former uh, candidate for governor of the state of Oregon staying here at our little guest uh, cottage. Uh, he wanted to touch base with me and talk to me about the corruption he sees going on all the time. And uh, and he does in the courts. He's constantly uh, fighting the corruption in the courts. People getting their property stolen, their children taken away. Happens every day, and your newspapers aren't going to report it because there is a power elite running things from behind the scenes and there are judges getting paid off on a regular basis. Two judges were putting children in jail for maximum sentences for almost minor defense, uh, offenses and received over 2 to $3 million in bribes in Pennsylvania. And they got caught. Same thing going on in Humboldt County right now. They didn't get caught. Somebody tried to expose it. He got thrown in jail. 70-year-old guy thrown in jail. 30 days, because he went 30 seconds over in talking to the county commissioners, trying to bring their attention to the corruption going on. Uh, one brave soul in the county, and he speaks up, and he goes to jail. And and you talk to the policeman, why are you doing this? Why are you putting this man in jail? You know he didn't do anything wrong. If I don't, I'll lose my job. Well, you've already lost your soul. What the heck? You don't, no reason to worry about losing your job. <laughs> Wake up. You know, I mean, the it, it is just staggering to see the abuses going on out there. And the people are in their churches singing and thinking everything is great. Greatest country in the world. We have the greatest potential for falling in this country than any other country I know of in the world. We have the greatest potential for disaster in this country right now than any other time in history. And the only salvation is through Christ. And therefore you need a church organized according to the precepts of Christ. But your teachers, your ministers are not teaching you that. We have spelled it out. We've got a new book coming out. We're going to spell it out some more. Join the network. Become a part of the living network of Christ. Not, you don't join a membership, you're not going to get into heaven because you join His holy church. Uh, you just have to start caring about others as much as you care about yourself. If you think this message has value, help us get it out. Listen to this for entertainment. Become doers of the Word. Become participators. That is what is the gospel is all about. Not those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who do it the will of the Father. You're going to need to set the table of the Lord. You're going to need to come together in those tens, hundreds, and thousands that was the early church, which we will talk about in, in later chapters. You're going to need to be a part of that plan established by Jesus Christ and it is very much like that of Moses it's not like the Pharisees said Moses was doing because the Pharisees had it wrong so don't think oh well we got to go back to the old law and all this stuff you have no idea no idea I mean I know guys been studying this they don't know Hebrew they've gone to the guys who got it wrong and said what does the Hebrew words mean and the, thing, the beauty of Hebrew is you can find out what it means without asking them. Because the letters actually mean something. 
and we have a book coming out about that. We have pamphlets already available on that, which will explain that, and it will knock your socks off. It will rattle your cage till you can't hear anymore. But it will dissolve the bars and stone walls in your own mind if you come to these lessons with humility in your heart and love and patience and willingness to look at all things anew. You cannot hear the gospel except by the grace of God. I'll talk about it, but you will not hear it in your heart. I do not want to write the truth on your heart and on you. It's not my job. I'm an iconist. I'm, I'm to tear down and pull those scales off. God will write his truth upon your hearts and upon your minds so that you will know what you need to do in the times ahead. You will know, do I turn left? Do I turn right? Do I get into this car? Do I not get into this car? Do I get on this airplane? Do I not get on that airplane? Do I step on the brake? Do I step on the gas? Do I go forward? Do I step back? How do you know these things? You can't learn them. But the Holy Spirit will show you in the moment what to do, what to say, where to go. But you have to start living by faith not by the tree of knowledge, but by faith. So if God is enlightening you as to what we're saying, and you're beginning to realize that there is more than what you have been told, you need to begin to act upon what you have been told. You can receive more. You need to share what you have been given freely with others, carefully. Don't just run out there and try to tell everybody this, because they won't receive it. You must choose to seek the kingdom and its righteousness. God bless you, and may peace be upon you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.